Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. And we're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loans Studios. Millions of Americans have financed the home of their dreams with their help. They can help you too. Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Coming up in just about an hour. Uh, I did something for the first time ever this weekend, which sounds uh, pretty, pretty greasy. But it, trust me, it's... It's, it was a pretty good thing. I'll grant you that. And that's just over an hour from now. <laughs> Joining us on the hotline right now, we welcome in a man who knows a ton about college football. And it's just a good overall human being. He comes from the Sporting News. He writes for college football, writes about college football and the NFL there. Find him on Twitter at BillBender92. Bill Bender joins us on the show. Hi, Bill. Hey, Ken. How are you? Oh, I'm doing wonderful. And it's wonderful to speak to you, my friend. I uh, I had a caller who was quite impassioned about Clemson football just about 10 minutes ago. His name was Bill in Clemson, and he was giving me a ton of good, good, solid reasons why Clemson's not just going to win tonight, but they're going to win the national championship. And for whatever reason, I just I still don't want to believe him. I don't want to believe him, Bill, because it's they. I don't think they've been tested, and I think it's very, very difficult to get a team to respond after they've already won a national championship. What say you? Am I dumb? I think they, they started to respond after that North Carolina game. That was their wake-up call. Everybody likes referencing that game, acting like they lost that game, which they didn't. And ever since that game, Trevor Lawrence has been lights out. They can throw over the top. They've got skill position guys everywhere. The one thing, Ken, I I don't understand how their defense is better than it is than it was last year, but it is. And uh, they're playing an Ohio State team that's almost identical. It, it's a really – riveting game tonight and um i like clemson to win by a little bit I, I it's a coin flip though if ohio state wins i won't be surprised i i think it's going to be a tight game uh i know clemson's favored in it i i think that ohio state basically has to play i think ohio state, in a weird way i think ohio state has to play a brand of football that everybody has to play against the baltimore ravens in the nfl just try to stay one hep- one step ahead by keeping that offense off the field and and, and maybe just a touchdown ahead against a team that has a great quarterback in Trevor Lawrence, and, and they've been wonderful offensively, certainly, over the last six games as well. Yeah, I mean, Ohio State, they, they went through the teams they needed to go through. They cut down Penn State, Michigan, had a bad half against Wisconsin and turned it on. And, you know, the thing I've been telling people to look for in this game, and it's really quite simple, which running back gets going first? There's a JK off the zone read, and then we think – Justin Fields is healthy enough to run a little bit. The Buckeyes can push around Clemson up front, or is it, you know, Travis Etienne and Lynn J. Dixon who they can take it to the house if they get an opening at any time. And Trevor Lawrence can run a little bit too. So, and that would mean that they're pushing around Ohio State's defensive line, and that would be bad news for the Buckeyes. So, whichever team gets going on the ground first, and then they can throw over the top. There you go. That's pretty much your ball game, as far as I'm concerned. Why did we disregard Clemson though throughout the year? See that's that's what's uh, I'm wondering here is that over the last week, now everybody's picking Clemson. Where before, hey, if this were a different year, 
Do I put do because Clemson's a defending national champion, so I probably would still put him in. I would still say that yeah, you're a defending national champion. You've technically made no mistakes. That's fine. But could I make an argument for a one loss Alabama? Could I could I start to make a different argument? Because if this were the BCS, they wouldn't be in the national championship game. Like like Dennis Dodd pointed out to us last night. Can I can I make those arguments against that football team? Because this seemingly comes out of nowhere, and everybody just is now. Now reminded that Clemson has great talent and Clemson is a defending national champion? I feel like you have to go back to the 90s with Florida State, and this comparison's made all the time with Clemson, where every year we probably pick Florida State to win it from 91 to 2000, and they didn't win it every year. They played in a bad ACC. They wore everybody out, and we knew they were good. We knew the ACC was bad, and, and when they can't get in the big games, the difference between Clemson and those Florida State teams Dabo's better in big games. He's proven that. I mean, they've beaten Ohio State twice. They've beat LSU, Oklahoma, Alabama, and he still he still uses that little Clemson line, uh, which I kind of roll my eyes at. The, the biggest thing that I find funny here, Ken, is both teams are playing this disrespect card that they should leave at the bottom of the deck because Clemson's won five straight ACC titles. Ohio State hasn't lost a Big Ten home game since 2011, so I don't know where the disrespect's coming from, other than them themselves making it up like Michael Jordan used to. No, that's perfectly fine as well. Bill Bender joining us on the show, Sporting News College Football, and an NFL writer uh, joining us from Sporting News. There, uh, when it also comes to Ohio State, like Ryan, can I just ask you this question here first as a base? Like Ryan Day and Lincoln Riley would be stupid to ever go to the NFL, wouldn't they? They would, but, you know, ego and, and getting tested at the highest level. Let's say Oklahoma loses again tonight by 20. And that would be, if you take it back to the BCS era, I believe that's basically seven shots at it that they didn't win since 2000 when they won it there. They've been in the BCS championship game three times and lost. And this would be a fourth playoff appearance. When Let's say they just get run over. Would he entertain the Cowboys job? I would, at least a little bit. Um, Ryan Day is a little bit different because he's he's first year at Ohio State. He's bought himself at least five or six years with the talent he has, the recruiting they've done. They can lose tonight, and I feel like Ohio State is probably going to be ranked number one or number two anyway with Justin Fields coming back and all the talent they have coming back. So of the two, Lincoln Riley could probably entertain it a little bit more. All right. Well, I could. I, I don't think I ever would. I, I just think that they're they're great big Cadillac programs. I think there's a couple of places that I I would never put Dallas. I don't care about Dallas. I, Jerry Jones is always Jerry Jones, no matter what. Uh, we thought great things of Jason Garrett when he first took over. He was the highest paid coordinator in the NFL at that time, and I think it did set up Wade Wade Phillips for failure because the players already started thinking that way. But that's an NFL scenario. And when you get done, like a Matt Rule, right? Matt Rule, I think, could make it in the NFL. I think offenses are different, and if he were to be fired in the NFL, I still think he can get a nice job that would be the same or even better than what Baylor is. And Baylor is not a bad job. But I think for a place like Oklahoma, you're probably going back to a mid-level Power 5 or maybe even a non-Power 5 school and starting up over again. Like, what if Chip Kelly would have never left Oregon? Would they be a national champion? And now Chip Kelly is trying to grind it out and trying to resurrect a UCLA program. His good name is soiled by what's gone on in the NFL. That's right. You're right. But but I think one difference between Chip Kelly's offense, which we remember at Oregon, it was very run heavy and 
everybody started doing it in college. So, so when Chip Kelly got back to college, everybody's already using his stuff. Now the NFL starting to change a little bit where guys like Lincoln Riley, I think his offense would work in the NFL. It, it scores a ton of points. Now I think, uh, you know, a guy like Ryan Day, he's coached in both. And, I mean, the, there was a stat up there on my Twitter feed this morning that I believe Ohio State's thrown the most touchdown passes of any program in the last three years between Haskins and, and Barrett and now Fields. So his offense can put up points on the board at both levels, and I guess that would be the temptation. But, again, I, I think Ryan Day's committed to staying at Ohio State. He's going to get looks. I'm sure he's going to get calls from NFL teams. But it's kind of hard to argue when you're 16-0 and at the college level. You ready for a boiling-ass hot take? I'm listening. If Clemson wins the national championship, I'm putting Dabo on the same on the same pedestal as Nick Saban. I don't know why you wouldn't. I mean, at this point, wow. it would be three. I agree. I mean, in terms of three and four years, for starters, they'd have a 30-game win streak going into next year. You'd have to start talking about them. Let's assume Trevor Lawrence doesn't do all these dumb things that people are talking about and sits out a year or does whatever you've got trevor lawrence coming back on a 30 game win streak with all these five-star guys that they just had coming in and a chance to three-peat and to me we've never seen a three-peat in our lifetime it would be incredible you'd start you'd have to start talking about them like you did that usc dynasty that almost pulled off a three-peat and um yeah, I mean, as far as right now, yeah, Clemson would be and Dabo would be right on the level of what Nick Saban's done over a longer period of time. I'd still think Saban's the greatest college football coach of all time. But as if you do those, like I do those lists every summer, I'd put Dabo number one, no chance, no, no question, if they win it all this yeah, year. Like history would still bear and would show that Nick Saban would be better overall. But, but I. <laughs> It's more difficult to win at Clemson than it is at Alabama. You look at the history, you look at the backing. There was a time where I looked at it, and we had a couple people who were upset on Twitter about it, but it's true. The last time they won a national championship, it was followed by a host of NCAA violations. Now, Dabo's done it pretty cleanly. Dabo's done a fine job of recruiting and recruiting in SEC country. They're an ACC school in an SEC area. And he's, he's been able to change around that program. I brought this story up before. I said this last night. Now, I don't think I've ever said it on this show, but I'll say it. Bill, I got a cousin who lives in Anderson, South Carolina. She don't even have her GED. She has Clemson girl tattooed down her leg. When you make common trash, and I'll be I'll be honest with you, it's my own blood kin, and I'll say, when you make common trash a football fan, you have changed the culture of your football program. That's something that only a very few programs can say, and that's why I think Dabo Sweeney is such a fine head football coach. What he's done at Clemson is the most remarkable story in college football in the last 50 years. And, and I don't say that lightly because think of it this way, for, for people in Ohio anyway, where I live. This would be like Cincinnati becoming the national championship school in Ohio. The more important, because South Carolina is the more popular school. You just said it. It's in SEC country. Mm-hmm. I lived down there for seven years in Charlotte right next to it. They, it's 50-50 at best, maybe 60-40 South Carolina. And here's Clemson taking over the state that was run by Steve Spurrier when he got there, uh, taking over the country, taking over Alabama, and beating big-time programs along the way. With And they go from Deshaun Watson to Trevor Lawrence. I mean, it's incredible. And it would be like Cincinnati taking over the state in Ohio and then being a dominant force in college football for, for a decade. 
And we would all say, well, that will never happen. Well, that's what happened in South Carolina. Bill Bender joining us on the show. I mean, for the only time that I can think of, you know, they won it in 81, like like even George Rogers in, in South Carolina. Like, I, I think that they've always been the better football program, but you're right, the fan, the, the fan base – I think it's always been maybe an SEC or an SC fan base. Maybe people feel differently about that, but I agree with you on that. Bring me to LSU here. What changed for Ed Orgeron? Was it just Joe Burrow? Because it was a failure at Ole Miss. Maybe he didn't get enough time, and Ole Miss is a different type of school. LSU, at this time last year, there were people questioning him. A month ago last year, there were people who wanted Ed Orgeron's job still. And I... We're talking a lot about Clemson. They've ran through an SEC schedule. They have slayed some giants. Joe Burrow still looks sharp. I don't think that he's going to have any sort of a fall-off from a Heisman Trophy. And we're still talking about Clemson. We're not talking about LSU this morning. Yeah. I mean, with LSU, I think the one thing with Ed that he was willing to do was was go away from man ball, which they tried against Alabama for about a decade. And they won the one time. And then... Alabama would just be a couple plays better in those slugfests they play. And then they open up the offense with Joe. They've got super talented receivers. They've got three NFL receivers out there tonight that you're going to see. And um, Joe just turned it around. I mean, everything Joe Burrow did was storybook. We've, we've heard this, you know, again, a kid from Athens goes to Ohio State, does this thing in Baton Rouge, and he's managed to find make three homes, essentially, one in Athens, one in Columbus, and one in Baton Rouge. And, I think he's done it to the point where he should make a fourth and the Bengals should take him. If I'm the Bengals, I absolutely take him. And it incentivizes a real rebuild in Cincinnati. So I think they're going to win tonight. Oklahoma will hang around. I mean, they've got an offense that will allow them to hang around. If if LSU's running all over them early and Hilaire's out and they're still running all over him, it's going to be a long night for the Sooners. You want to hear a, a talking point that I'm going to have until the draft and through the draft and going into next year as well that people are probably going to get sick of? Go for it. I think that Cincinnati, he's got at least one more year on that contract. I think they need to hold on to Andy Dalton and draft Joe Burrow and let Andy Dalton start if he needs to start. Absolutely. Why, I mean, do it, Why do, do I need to force him to play starting off the season? I don't need to do that if I'm Cincinnati. Why would I do that? You, here's another take for you, and, and you can use this. At will, I think this no notion from national people that the Bengals ruined quarterbacks is ridiculous. Carson Palmer did all right there. He got his knee nuked. They were like the best team in the NFL at one point. Who says they ruined quarterbacks? Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's people who say that they ruined quarterbacks? Yeah, I heard this. They said they shouldn't take Burrow, or Burrow shouldn't go to Cincinnati because they'll ruin him. They didn't ruin Dalton or Palmer or Boomer. Well, or- I... W- I would yeah. worry because there's there's very little infrastructure around him. Like, he would take a beating. The offensive line is, is not good. Now, they'll have Jonah Williams back, but I don't know what type of player he's going to be because he's only supposed to be a – he would still be technically a rookie because of experience. So I don't know what he would be coming back. That's still That offensive line is still tatters. They have a defense that needs changed out. They've gotten old, but there's still some good players on that defense. A.J. Green's not going to stay there. Joe Mixon has gotten better as the season has gone on. I don't know what you do in that scenario. And I would say that, yeah, that Mike Brown has has um, proven to be frugal over time. <laughs> That's fair, but you've had a – Marvin Lewis is Marvin Lewis, but it's he's at least been a consistent leader for a long time. Now they have Zach Taylor. They're going to give Zach Taylor all the time in the world. 
And Andy Dalton at one point was an MVP candidate. Carson Palmer was a good quarterback, and you said he got his knee nuked, which was true. I don't think they've ruined anybody down there in Cincinnati. Give us a division with Burrow, Baker, Lamar, and and, and let the Steelers, you know, go get Tua. That's fine. When we I think that, the Steelers should go after Cam, Cam Newton. Can I throw that by you as well? I'm sorry, I ran you totally over, and I apologize. Can I throw another no, one by you? That's fine. I think the cool I think the Steelers I think the Steelers should go after Cam Newton. So that would mean that all four of them have a Heisman Trophy. I'll, I'll sign up for that. That'd be oh, good. Man, oh, that's a sexy division, isn't it? Oh my God, <laughs> I just thought about that. Do you? And I know you're right about the NFL too. Do you think that Ben Roethlisberger's perfectly fine? That he'll be perfectly fine going into next year? No, no. I mean, you know, <laughs> no, no, I mean, Ken, not at all. No. No, no. He he's getting older. He's he's beat up, and um, you know we saw what it looks like without him. It'd be better than what they've had, obviously, on the field this year. Um, Mike Tomlin's done a nice coaching job, and if they end up winning tomorrow and get to the playoffs, to say you got to the playoffs with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph's pretty remarkable, honestly. But um, I, I think they could do the same thing you said about the Bengals, though. You could draft a Tua, and if Big Ben freaks out about it, so be it. You know, okay, prove us wrong. Go out there, be healthy, and, and win. I mean, the Giants just did that with Eli Manning. He has two Super Bowls too. Do you believe that two is going back to or to uh, Alabama? I, you know, there's nothing to prove at Alabama, but the longer he's hanging around and hasn't just said I'm out, um, I think there's more pros and cons than we think on both sides. On one side, yeah, go take the money, rehab, be a late first round pick. On the other hand. You come back, you show you're healthy, you blow everybody up, which Alabama typically does anyway. And um, at worst, your number two pick. Does that make sense? I mean, right behind Trevor's going number one next year. And then maybe Tua could be number two. Phil, you know I love you. Hey, did you did you tell me who you think's going to win it all, by the way? I think, we, I think LSU wins it all. I think they Whoa. win today fairly comfortably. I think Joe gets – I mean, it's close to home, man. They're going to have all those LSU fans there at the Superdome, and I think they break the Clemson streak. Although, if, if we get Ohio I, – I think it's going to be Clemson-LSU. I want it to be LSU-Ohio State because I want that Joe Burrow Bowl. I think it would be a lot of fun. Have you ever been to the Plains, Ohio? I went to OU. I, of course I've been so down you, there. I'm, I'm why a- did they name it the Plains? You can't name it something else. <laughs> <laughs> I'm from Lancaster, so everything. Uh, oh Bur- you know the Lan- here's a little tidbit for you. Some of those uh, southeastern Ohio people will find this funny. Lancaster is kind of we're considered the snobs of southeast Ohio in some ways, and we mm-hmm. take mm-hmm. that label and run with it. We love it. Yeah, because you guys won't say Lancaster like the rest of the country. You guys have to say <laughs> Lancaster. And then whenever I would take calls on the old WHLO, they go, "Ah, uh, it's Lancaster. Thank you very much." And I go, "Oh God, that's enough." <laughs> I'll tell it to you this way. It's one word, not three, Ken. That's what I always tell people. Oh, God. I can smell you. You smell your own farts, don't you? Listen to you. All right, Bill, thank you very much. I do love you. I hope that you do well in, in everything that you tend to do in 2020. And and yeah. I, I, you're, you're, up on a, you're up on a soapbox. You're up on a podium, and I need to knock you off a little bit. <laughs> well, I love you right back. Have a happy new year. I'll talk to you soon, Ken. Appreciate it. You too. You too, Bill. Bill Bender, Sporting News, College Football and NFL writer, 855-2124-CBS. Those are two wild positions. Not about Bill smelling his own you-know-what, but about the Steelers and about the Cincinnati Bengals, and I'll explain them when we come back. I'm sure I'm going to get jeered on the other side of the glass. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. 
This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line, 855-212-4227. It's brought to you by GEICO. There's a quick way you can save some money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com, and in 15 minutes, you can save 15% or more on car insurance. It's a flimsy scenario, but let me give you the scenario. This part isn't flimsy. There is no law. It is not in stone. I said this last night. I'll say it again, and you're going to hear me say it for a long time. I'm not, you're not, and the NFL is not, and fans aren't, Yul Brenner. It's not let it be written, let it be done. You don't have to start Joe Burrow week one if you're the Cincinnati Bengals. You don't have to do it. You you can take some time. You I know that you're tired of losing already. No one likes losing for a long time. But you can be judicious about this. Understand that Andy Dalton's going to be a professional. Understand that Andy Dalton's going to have to do business the right way. And you're going to have to be able to start Andy Dalton if you need to. Why throw all that on Joe Burrow? The only thing you're going to do is get Joe Burrow's head kicked in. Like, he'll learn on the fly, and he'll do that, but there's nothing there that you have to absolutely start Joe Burrow. If Andy Dalton goes out there and he plays reasonably okay, but you'll still lose football games, it gives it gives a little bit of time for things to slow down for Joe Burrow. Eventually, you got to go swim in the deep end of the pool, but it gives a little bit of time for Joe Burrow. And if Andy Dalton plays really well and say all of a sudden you start to win football games, well, I guess you you don't have to make that switch yet. And that's an even better scenario. Like the worst case scenario is your, your quarterback goes out and plays well and you win. And there might be a time next year and even in camp. This would take away from my argument. But somebody goes down in camp. They need themselves a quality quarterback. Andy Dalton, I think, still has one more year in his contract. You could move on and, and and trade Andy Dalton, probably get some nice picks and try to put him around Joe Burrow. But you don't have to start Joe Burrow week one. It doesn't have to be that way. Kid looks like he's got a great head on his shoulders, looks like a natural-born leader. Everything is looking great. The Heisman Trophy speech was phenomenal. That is the quintessential Heisman Trophy guy right there. You're putting others before yourself. Love Joe Burrow. America loves Joe Burrow. I don't got to start him week one. You don't have to do that. And I don't think Cincinnati ruins quarterbacks. But you got to do the right thing by him. And if it's not starting in week one, it's not freaking out and calling him a bust. It's doing what's right by bringing him along and doing it the right way. I hope they listen to that. And the other scenario that I bring up, and this is certainly more flimsy, is that say Cincinnati doesn't heed that warning or doesn't do that and they decide they want to move on from Andy Dalton. Why see another team in the division that has no chance to get Andy Dalton? That's the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're not going to trade him in division I know that Pittsburgh would love to probably have a guy like that, but I don't think they they would do that. And I have to think about Ben Roethlisberger, what he says and what's the truth are going to be two different things. He may very well be ready, but he'll still be 38 years old. And I would still say that there's going to be some questions of his arm strength. Will he be able to load up? Will he be able to do what's needed to be done? And I've been proven this year where the Mika Fitzpatrick trade worked Mika Fitzpatrick's been phenomenal for them. Their defense has been revitalized. They finally got something out of Bud Dupree. Old popcorn muscles is finally playing well with T.J. Ward on the other side of him. The Steelers have been revitalized by their own teamwork. But they might still be missing a quarterback. I can't guarantee that Ben Roethlisberger is going to come back. I don't think Ben Roethlisberger can fully, even though he's done so on Twitter, even though he blocked half of America, He's done so on Twitter that, oh, I'll come back and I'll be perfectly fine. I don't think that he can even say that. We don't know yet. 
and I would like a little bit of insurance over the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin has done a phenomenal coaching job this year and has shown time and time again that he can take a quarterback and go out and beat teams that do not have the same constitution as the Pittsburgh Steelers, and they can put themselves in a position to make the playoffs. I can't go to Cincinnati because Cincinnati's not going to trade Andy Dalton to you unless you offer him first-round picks, and I'm not going to offer first-round picks for Andy Dalton. Everybody has a price, but you're not going to do that. So I look somewhere else. There's one more year left. There's 18.6 left. Now, I know what I just said about injuries with Ben Roethlisberger, but he'll be 31. He'll have an entire year to heal. I've proven already, if I'm Mike Tomlin, that I can win with a quarterback who can scoot a little bit in Devlin Hodges. I can win with a quarterback who really, frankly, is not that good in Mason Rudolph. And it, it certainly falls apart under pressure. Can I make a deal for Cam Newton? If Cam Newton's good for one year, give me one year. Be that team that in the next draft, you trade up and go after your quarterback. Maybe Tua stays for another year. Proves that the hip's okay and the knee's okay, and you could go ahead and go after him. Or maybe one of the other quarterbacks that we'll bring up, because you know we'll bring up other quarterbacks. But maybe it works for one more year with Cam Newton. And if you can keep him healthy, who are the Pittsburgh Steelers with Cam Newton? They're a good football team. And if you don't have to play Cam Newton, maybe Ben Roethlisberger comes back and provides a little bit. It's already been proven that Mike Tomlin can game plan different QBs and could even game plan a guy like Cam. You're a desperate football team. I know that this is a desperate measure, but you don't want to punt on next season or even have the possibility of having a punt to next season like you did after two weeks and people were saying you should tank. The Pittsburgh Steelers of all teams that will never tank and should never tank would tank out the season for one of the top quarterbacks in this draft. And you didn't do that and you got that close to the postseason and technically you still have a chance coming into tomorrow. It's a hell of a job that football team has done. And you've proven you're a quarterback away. But everything else... A lot of things going well for the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's $18.6 million, and that's a hell of a lot of insurance that you'd have to pay. And you might have to let go of a couple of guys. You're probably going to have to let go of a couple of guys anyway. But you have a young, good core in that defense. You'll have to continuously flip. Joe Hayden didn't get any younger, but he seemed to have found a fountain of youth throughout this year. You have a good young core in that defense. The offensive line looks pretty good. You've been able to develop those guys. It's not the best thought in the world, I'll grant you. Certainly not the worst. 855-2124-CBS. Coming up next, total toxic player empowerment. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Coming up at 1 p.m. Eastern, Frank Schwab, Yahoo Sports, will join us to talk some NFL with him. Also, Jerry needs to realize we're all freaking out because of him. His situation is not that bad in Big D. I got to get back to Clemson later on as well. 855-212-4CBS, 855-212-4227. Why aren't you watching the NBA? I want to know reasons. I asked this question, this would have been back on Thursday. And I had plenty of people calling in. And I just wanted to know then, and I told everybody then, I go, this is not for today, it's just through the rest of the show. If you call in, I just want to know if yes or no, you watched the NBA on Christmas Day. Predominantly, No. Now, you could bring up demographics. You could bring up certain scenarios, the time of day it was, maybe some people the the certain time of day. I'm not sure. It it can be a flawed system. I, I totally would agree with you on that. 
Like I watched some NBA basketball. I didn't watch every single game on Christmas Day. We're a busy, we're a busy nation on Christmas Day, but I certainly watched some NBA basketball partially because it's my job. And I did look forward to Clippers and Lakers. I I want that to be a rivalry. I want that to be a lot of fun. I looked forward to that football game or basketball game, and I'm glad I got to see that basketball game. But other than that, there were a lot of people who, even with that one, said, no, I, I didn't watch. And they gave a couple of reasons why. And I wanted to make sure that I saw the ratings afterwards. Ratings came out courtesy of the rap, courtesy of Variety. Christmas Day ratings, still good. Still number one for the NBA. It's an all-day extravaganza. And I have a reasoning for that I'll share here in a second. Ratings still good, down 14% in the 18 to 49 demographic of adults than what they were in 2018. 2018's primetime Christmas Day game was between the Lakers and Golden State Warriors. This was Lakers-Clippers. There is a reason why I don't think that people wouldn't do it, or people weren't watching it. Or they were watching it, or there were still some good ratings. I still think there were good ratings because it's still something that you turn on and you just leave it on, and people can talk. You have movies on. People kind of tend to watch movies, and and they they want to hear some of the sound. And it, it it's not conducive to con- to conversation. You put on basketball in the background. There might be some people who are in on it if you're a real big basketball family, but it's really something on the TV that people can pause and watch in between conversation and awkward forced conversation between aunts and uncles and the whatnot. There is a couple of reasons I think people aren't watching. And I'm starting to build a bit of a theory here. You're down 14% from last year. Player movement's up. And every time there's player movement, I'm told the same thing from NBA writers. Well, Ken, you're supposed to understand. You need to understand. You need to understand that if you were to ever leave Cleveland, that's a job for you and your family and that people need to understand that. Okay, fine. Got it. But no one sits there and roots for me. People do root for their favorite teams. People root for their Milwaukee Bucks, and they don't want Giannis Antetokounmpo to leave in 17 months. They don't want any of that to happen. I see the situation with Isaiah Thomas and Kyle Lowry. Isaiah Thomas, I can't condone trying to go into the stands after a fan. That's wrong, no matter what the guy said to you. You are the player with the power. More on that in a moment, because I'm going with this. You are the player with the power. You have every right in the world to go to security, say something to security, and have that a-hole removed from the arena. You can do that, and you would be perfectly within your your means. You cannot act as if you're going to go into the stands, no matter what you want to say about your dad told you to never take any disrespect. You're the one with the power in this scenario. You can't do it. When I hear about Kyle Lowry, though, I can't help but go, this is ridiculous. If you're told to stop whining and you got that upset about being told to stop whining, I'm sorry, you're soft. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what they tell me about your personal problems. I don't care. Part of the reason you get the money is to be out there on the floor. People are going to root against you or they're going to be frustrated with you. That's the way the sport is. That's just the way professional sports are ran. The entire reason we're all here is that people are passionate about their sports. They're passionate about their teams. The entire reason I'm sitting here and talking to you is because people are passionate about their sports and they're passionate about their teams. That's the whole reason we've all gathered here today. If you're going to be upset because someone cussed you, totally get it. It's wrong. 
there's a sense of decorum in our society, and you can give me free speech all you want, but you're still in a building that's public, and they can remove you from the premises. But if some guy told you to stop whining and that was it, there was no racial slur, ethnic slur, cuss, widely regarded word that shouldn't be used, something that was bothering people, even if the guy continuously said it was bothering people around him, then I could understand it. But if all he told Kyle Lowry was to was to relax or to stop whining, I can't have that. And I think we're getting to a point here. I'm going to take Bobby in Kansas here in a moment. But I think we're getting to a point here of what I call toxic player empowerment. We want to believe that we want players in charge. And we want to believe that we are well-to-do people that are open-minded in our society, that we want to understand the problems and trials and tribulations of other ones around. There are plenty of people who want to believe that. But there's also way more that, you know what, you're a sports fan. And you have to deal with a lot of crap in your life. You have bills, and you have family, and you have jobs, and you have bosses who are a-holes, who are getting in your stuff, who are trying to bust your stones. You have to worry about corporate takeovers. You have to worry about whether or not things are going to be encrypted against you. You have to worry about whether or not you can make rent and student loans and car payments. And so you have all these things that stack up one after another in your own personal life. And you go to your release which is sports, and notably professional sports, where the bottom line is entertainment to get your money, to keep your attention. And you're being told that you need to understand the problems of them, where no matter what I say about them to try to bring you up to their level or bring them down to your level, they'll always have more money, which means they'll always have more opportunity. And people in New York might try to understand it. And people in Los Angeles might try to understand this. And maybe a couple of other places. But there are 30 teams in the NBA. And 28 of them are not in the New York or L.A. area. And so in a lot of places where you have strong basketball fans who do want their basketball team to win in Sacramento and Oklahoma City and Indiana, which, boy, every time you just turn on ESPN.com or CBS.com, you know that you're going to see Indiana there as a five seed who don't believe that their team has any chance whatsoever. they got good franchises. Not Sacramento, but they have good franchises that do, do their best. And they don't believe that their team really has any shot whatsoever. And I can try to give you columns A, B, and C and say, hey, the Cavaliers won a few years ago. They certainly weren't favored in that one. Toronto won last year. They certainly weren't favored going into that. And they 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 did things the right way. They didn't tank it out. They had 50-win seasons. That's not going to get you. When I'm being told I have to understand the problems and the trials and tribulations of people who are in a better spot than I am, you're losing me as a fan. That's a problem to the NBA. If it's a traveling road show, then be a traveling road show. But don't come knocking at the door with upset eyes and with upset people when people aren't going to the arena to go see Milwaukee after Giannis leaves to go take on the Detroit Pistons. Don't do that. And I'm seeing ratings drop by 14% in a year. They're still high. They're still number one, and I told you all the reasons for it. But when I'm being told that I need to understand a player who's going to be in a better spot than me, no matter what, 
You're going to lose me as a fan. There is a difference, no matter what we want to say. You make so much money where there is an understanding that while I can't harass you personally, and I shouldn't harass you personally, and people shouldn't do that, there is an, there is an understanding where you're paid part of this money because you're in the public eye, and if you want to go out and do something anonymously or go out and have just a regular, everyday, run-of-the-mill job, you can go do this. You play professional basketball, you are here for my entertainment. And it is my choice whether I choose to follow you and understand you or not. And when I have the player empowerment movement in the NBA, it's going to rub a lot of people the wrong way. So we've seen this, pro- we've seen this problem in the three major sports, maybe even a little bit in hockey here and there. But we've seen that in the three major sports, and there's been things that have not gone the right way for the NFL. Major League Baseball, I think, takes a little bit of this. And in the NBA, when you're dropping 14% and people aren't really watching, which is still good basketball, Miami's kicking ass and taking names. Eric Spolster's proven to be a hell of a coach. But if I can't bring you along on that, and you don't want to believe me on any of that, you have a sincere problem in your league. Let me get to Bob. Well, let me hold off on Bobby in Kansas. I'll get to Bobby in Kansas when we come back. Plus, there's plenty of other people. 855 2124 CBS, 855 2124 If you're not watching the NBA, tell me why. Because I think it's where you still want to be a Raptors fan. You still want to be a, a fan of your team. And when you're being told that you have to understand players and when you have to understand and be a fan of players, I think it tends to rub you the wrong way. We see this in the NFL. We see this in Major League Baseball. A little bit. I don't think we've ever seen this the way we're seeing this in the NBA. And I think it's taking its toll on the regular NBA, the regular sports fan out there. The hoop heads, I'm not talking to you. You guys are big-time basketball fans. You guys are in on it. But when I'm being told that I have to understand that players are sentient beings and they can make their own decisions where they want, and those decisions don't help my favorite hometown team, I'm going to tune you out. Coming up in just over an hour. We'll talk to the always sensational Frank Schwab. We'll get back to this. We'll take your calls. And also, if you leave your doors unlocked still, you're stupid. If you still smoke around your kids, you're stupid. If you let your second-year quarterback choose his head coach, you're Ken Carmen, which would also make you stupid. It is Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.